As you look around at all the problems in our world and even in our own bodies, do you ever wonder what's the root cause of it all? The day when we get rid of this body is the day when we get rid of the sting of sin because it's sin that ruined our bodies. It's sin that caused us to be ruled by our flesh and by our foolishness rather than to be ruled by the Spirit. Sin is what is causing the decay. Everything that's wrong in this world is caused by sin. Wake up my soul. Wake up early in the day. Wake up my hand. And the instrument I play. Wake up my voice. Let the world hear me say. You are worshipped and it's all to hear today. Maybe you have friends as I do that believe once we die, we just become a part of the universe and go into an eternal state of nothingness. But the Bible actually teaches we're going to live forever, in one of two places. So what exactly happens when we breathe our last and leave this earth? Let's look into it on today's Balanced Word with Pastor Dave Raw. On behalf of Pacific Hills Calvary Chapel in Aliso Viejo, welcome. We pick things up today in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in verses 50 through 58. Here's Pastor Dave. These bodies, they're supposed to die. These bodies aren't designed for eternity. Now, what do you do with that and how do you deal with that? You know, there are sometimes we act like, oh, you know, it's a the body's just temporary, so just abuse it, doesn't matter. It's it's going to die anyway. Um and I understand that, but at the same time to treasure it like it's some kind of a wonderful treasure, that's nonsensical. But it is delicate because it's temporary. Think of it like a temporary crown. When you get a tooth ground down and they're going to, I hate to even bring up an unpleasant thing like <laughs> dental work, but we're talking about death, so you're, we're, it's right there. But, you know, they grind your tooth down, torture you for a period of time, and then they put a temporary crown on your tooth. And because it takes them a while to prepare the permanent crown. So you wear that temporary crown, but you're aware that it's there. Now, you don't go, well, you know, it's such a temporary crown. I th- I'll go ahead and bust it off. I think I'll crunch some ice and eat a jawbreaker. No, you realize temporary crowns aren't quite as tough as a permanent crown. So knowing that you have the temporary crown in there, you have a tendency to chew on the other side of your mouth because you want that temporary crown to last until you get the permanent crown. And that's sort of, I think, a healthy perspective of our bodies. They're temporary crowns. Don't get too attached to them. Don't polish them too much and, you know, floss around them and everything. But at the same time, realize they're delicate, you know, and you'd like it to last as long as it's going to last until you get your permanent crown. But at the same time, as it's going on, you realize it's okay. And, you know, the the closer you get, if you know that you're going in to get your permanent crown tomorrow, today you're not that worried about the temporary crown, you know, like you were if you know you've got a couple of weeks. So as we get older, you, you just start to go, okay, well, this thing's about done anyway, and, and it's all right. You know, I don't feel like, oh, no, I'm going to lose my temporary crown. And you go into the dentist and they take it off and you don't go, oh, can I have that? Can I keep it? I was getting so attached to it. Come on. It was just to tide you over. 
And that should be our attitude toward our bodies, really, because we have permanent crowns that are coming, but these are the temporary ones. Now, as he, as he talks about this, he again connects it to death and says, when this transformation happens, whether at the rapture or at death and resurrection, at that point will become to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory, which is a quote from Isaiah. And then as he quotes Hosea, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. He says, ultimately, getting out of this body, however you get out of it, is when finally death is conquered. Now, we're hauling death along with us. We are all in the process of dying. You know, every once in a while, someone finds out they have a particular condition and, and the doctors tell you, you're dying. Well, I have news for you. They should have just told you that when you were born because we've all been dying. What's the difference? Some people may die quicker than others. You never know, but we're all wearing out. But the day when we get rid of this body is the day when we get rid of the sting of sin. Because it's sin that ruined our bodies. It's sin that caused us to be ruled by our flesh and by our foolishness rather than to be ruled by the Spirit. Sin is what is causing the decay. Everything that's wrong in this world is caused by sin. And so Paul says, hey, you guys are Christians. You know this. You've given your lives to Jesus Christ so that you could be delivered from sin. And now he says, doesn't being delivered from sin sound like a good thing? Remember the curse of the law, the law that showed you that you'll never be good enough. The law that showed you that no matter what you do, the best you can do to yourself is you're polishing the brass on a sinking ship. You're dying. You're in deterioration. So accept it, deal with it, understand it, but salvation, resurrection is the promise that it doesn't always have to be that way. And so he goes, man, this is what it's all about. You should not be frightened of death. You should not be dreading it. You shouldn't, I mean, the silliness, you know, I, you know, I remember when I was younger and, you know, you just think, oh man, I'm so excited Jesus could come back at any time, but I hope he doesn't come back till after I get married and have some kids, you know. And you, as if somehow Jesus coming back wouldn't be as good as getting married and having kids. Now I've been married, have kids. What was I thinking? You know, but... <laughs> no, they're a slice of heaven. But... <laughs> but Paul's going... Hey, the way we get delivered from what's wrong with us is to get out of these bodies. So don't be so attached to them. Don't be so focused on them. Don't get trapped into thinking that somehow you're going to fix yourself. You can't fix yourself. And he says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Ultimately, death or rapture, that's our victory that's when we win. In the meantime, you win some and you lose some. 
But our ultimate victory is our transformation, is when this body is finally fixed, when the result of the curse is finally reversed, when that genetic twistedness that causes us to be self-destructive is taken away by the grace of God and by what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, the day is going to come when all that is made right. And Paul goes, that's resurrection. Don't think that that's when you lose. Man, that's when you win. And then now, in light of all that, and this glorious discussion of victory over death and the sting of death being gone, now he sums up really all that he's been trying to say in this chapter in the, in the 58th verse. As he says, therefore. Therefore is a word that means on the basis of everything else that we've been talking about, here's the point. Here's what I'm trying to say. Therefore. My beloved brethren, he goes, I want to remind you first, God loves you. Everything that he's done was for you. Everything that he wants to do in your life is to bless you. You're, you're loved by God. Don't forget that. Don't think God is after you or out to get you or wanting to destroy you. Therefore, my beloved brethren. And then he says, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, I think a lot of times we misunderstand this because when we read this verse, we're thinking that Paul is saying, we're all going to die. And if you don't die, you're going to get raptured. And life is very short. So you need to do as much work for God as you can because you don't have much longer to do it. But I really don't think that's what he's saying. In fact, if anything, this whole discussion has been to say life isn't short. What Paul has been trying to say all along is life goes on forever. Life is forever. Now, how does that affect how we live our lives now? When there isn't a dead end, when all there is is ultimately a transformation, what we do when we die is we pass through the valley of the shadow of death. We move from one existence into a much superior existence. Our bodies are changed into something that works for eternity that's incorruptible. Life goes on. And I think Paul is trying to say, don't live like Life is short. Don't fall into that mentality. Why do I say that? Well, first of all, as he says, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. That word steadfast is a word that means sit. <laughs> like you'd train a dog, sit. That's what it is. Sit down. Now, I think what he's saying is be solid, be dependable, don't be going anywhere, just sit down. And then the word for immovable is again, and you get the idea from the English word immovable, but what it means is not to move away, not to change your position or your location. Now, putting this all together, I think what Paul is saying is settle down, calm down a little bit. He's not saying run around like a chicken with its head cut off because you don't have much time left and you need to get everything done. We create God in our image. So often 
we start to think that God is like what we would be if we were God. And if I was God, when people converted to me, I would say, okay, now I need to teach you to do some stuff. Now I need you to help me out. Now I've got a list of to-dos for you. And so often we think of our relationship with God as being something that is, oh man, we've got so much to do and so little time. And we really need to get busy for him. But we never saw Jesus living that way, that's for sure. Waited till he was 30 before he got around to doing much of anything in terms of anything worth recording even. He wasn't in a hurry. And then what he did, he knocked it out in three years, went and died for us and went to heaven. And for him, one day is like a thousand years. He's just not the pushy kind of gotta get it done type A personality that we sometimes impute on him. Now, what's the work of the Lord that he says to be abounding in? The work of the Lord is to enjoy him, to walk with him, just do whatever he calls us to do for his glory, to, to do what, what he created us to do, to be who we are. Now, the word for always abounding there in the work of the Lord is not just doing, 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 keep doing, and keep doing, and keep doing. Always abounding, that word abounding is a word that means to be really rich, to really be full and overflowing and enjoying. It's the same word that Paul used in Philippians 4 when he talked about being content. And he said, you know, first of all, he said, because of the gift that you guys gave me, I'm abounding. And then he said, you know, I've learned the secret to being content. Because I've learned how to be abased, to not have much, and I've learned how to abound. And I've learned to be content in whatever circumstance I'm in. And this word is used many, many times throughout the New Testament to refer to someone who has so much that it's overflowing. Now, when you take that same imagery and apply it to serving God and what this passage is saying, he wants us to have a life of abundance. And what he calls us to do is to simply be blessed by him, to enjoy him, and then to allow that to overflow, to allow that to run off to others, not feeling like, oh, I've just got to keep driving myself. But what he's saying is, sit down, stay where you are, quit moving around, don't be so hyper, settle down and abound. Enjoy me. Enjoy your relationship with me. You don't need to be in a hurry. We have all of eternity together. It's okay. That's why he says, be still and know that I'm God. So many times we miss this because we're frantically running through our lives, feeling like we're going to be judged by God based on how much we get done. He wants us to abound. He wants us to overflow. He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to take the time to enjoy that blessing. Why? Resurrection. This life, it's not going to last that much longer, but you've got a whole life ahead of you. Now, 
the work of the Lord, loving each other, loving him, enjoying who he has made us and what he has done, just to be in relationship with him and with others, that's the one thing that we can do now that will last forever. Sharing the truth of the gospel with people as we overflow with what God has done for us, being able to share with what God has given to us and and give it to others and investing in them, reaching out to people all over the world who haven't heard this good news of the gospel, taking our wealth and, and spreading it. Hey, that has eternal ramifications. You know what? It's also really fun. It's also really a blessing to feel like instead of like Paul was saying in Philippians 4, some people will live always wanting more and they'll never be happy. But the feeling of abundance, the feeling of realizing that, you know what, I actually have more than I need. I realize I have a place prepared for me in heaven. Whatever happens down here, it's not going to last very long. And I have a a rich eternity within the presence of God. So now I can live a life of abundance. I don't have to hang on to everything. I can freely give. I, I don't have to feel greedy with my time. I have all the time in the universe. I don't have to hurry. I don't have to rush. I don't have to have that feeling of urgency. Instead, in light of resurrection, I can abound in the work of the Lord. I can overflow as I serve him. Now, as he says, abounding in the work of the Lord, because you know something. You know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Your labor, the word there for labor is a word that literally means your cut, your cuts. It refers to the difficulties and the pain that happen in life. And what he's saying is, Life hurts, but it's not without a purpose. It's sometimes difficult. To abound sometimes will cost you something. But he goes, if you understand this, that whatever inconvenience that you suffer here on the earth, whatever pain that you may go through, however someone may cut you down or attack you or cut you off or whatever, you realize that's not in vain in the Lord. That's not something that's for no purpose. If I am serving God and doing what he's calling me to do, I know that that's an investment that'll stick with me forever. It's God's savings plan, really. And so he says, man, resurrection frees you to enjoy God, to be blessed by him, to overflow, to realize if something hurts, that's not going to last much longer. And to know that we have an eternity of blessing in store for us. Resurrection that's going to happen. Oh, your body's kind of creaking and failing right now. Don't let that spoil your fun. (laughs) Not at all. Realize there are good things that are coming. All that pain is is just a reminder that this body is reaching its expiration date. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Getting old, that's not a threat. It's a promise. Reward is coming. Blessings are on their way. Celebrate that and go ahead and enjoy what you have. Go ahead and and abound in the work of the Lord. Sit down. 
Stop striving. Settle in a little bit. Don't be so flaky. Don't be so inconsistent. Don't be so manic. Settle down. Sit down. Don't move around all the time. Don't feel like, I've got to go here, and that'll fix it. Maybe if I go here, that'll fix it. I know some people, and it's so sad, where they want to serve the Lord so bad that they're constantly bouncing from one thing to another and feeling like, oh, God, i got to hear from you. It's not an emergency. (laughs) It really isn't. For you to find God's will for your life, what he says is start by sitting down. And don't think that making changes is going to fix everything. Oh, I have a change in store for you. It's a doozy. And ultimately, that's your victory. So go ahead and settle down and allow me to bless you and and that to overflow as my work. And realize when you're uncomfortable or things are difficult, hey, I know what I'm doing. There's a point to all of it. It's not in vain. Serving God and and walking with him and enjoying him, sharing him with others, that's always worthwhile because we're making investments in something that's going to last. You know, you look at life and as you start to get older and people who you love are now gone and you start to wonder, how long do I even want to be here? And sometimes you start having second thoughts you know, I, I wish I had, when I was younger, I wish I had studied more or done more or accomplished more, and I'm looking at my life, and it's, I'm just feeling like I'm not making much of a difference. God would say, don't worry, you have all the time in the world with me. Don't worry, I'm with you. Settle down. Stop trying so hard. Your trying isn't going to make a huge difference. Why don't you start enjoying me, letting me bless you. Let that overflow to others. That's the way to live because we've got the time. We have eternity. Life is forever. And if you know where you stand with Jesus Christ, there's no rush. should be no hurry. We have forever to be with him and enjoy him and enjoy each other. You're listening to Pastor Dave Rolfe on The Balanced Word and part of a study in 1 Corinthians. Hear it again online at thebalancedword.com or give us a call and request a CD at 949-362-7475. That's 949-362-7475. Pastor Dave is taught through the entire Bible and we put it onto a USB for you. It's our featured resource right now, available for a donation of $30 or more. Request it right now at thebalancedword.com or call 949-362-7475. It takes a team to bring these shows to the radio every day, and your financial and prayerful support is really an investment, helping to reach thousands with the truth of God's Word. Thank you for standing with us with either a one-time gift or ongoing monthly support. Again, go to thebalancedword.com. Dave Rolfe is the pastor of Pacific Hills Calvary Chapel and loves to meet and greet his radio listeners. Visit us on a Sunday morning at 8, 9.45, or 11.30. Those outside the area can live stream at ccpacifichills.org. Would you like someone to pray for you? Send that prayer request over to us at thepatalancedword.com by clicking on Contact or call 
1-800-227-7475. Pastor Dave shares helpful and encouraging one-minute messages on Facebook and Instagram. Check it out at CC Pacific Hills. Here's Pastor Dave to close out today's Balanced Word. There are limitations. Our bodies are wearing out. But the best things that we can do down here right now in these bodies are to enjoy God and to overflow onto others. Because if what we do is serve God in a way that it looks really painful and burdensome, we're going to drive people away from him. But if people see us living the Christian life and they go, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I've been looking for. That's what I want. It naturally overflows. When they see God's people blessed by God, they can find for themselves the sting of death can be removed. The curse of the law, the fact that I can't fix myself, I'll find my solution there. And you know, everything that hurts down here has a purpose for eternity. God wants to use it. Let him do it. Understand, when you understand that, you'll be able to settle down. You'll have a stability and a dependability. People will be able to count on you because you know something that most people don't know, that there's not a brick wall coming that we're going to run into. There's a door, a door that leads to eternity with Jesus Christ and blessings forevermore. We're learning how to reach out to others on the next Balanced Word with Pastor Dave Rolfe, a daily presentation of Pacific Hills Calvary Chapel and online at thebalancedword.com. Wake up my soul, wake up early in the day, wake up my hands, and the instrument I play.